I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! Yeah, and then they'd be like, come in tomorrow and we'll record sides. And they were like, no, I can't. <laughs> because I shouted all day yesterday. You you want me to do the the subtle dialogue scene where, you know, I discover that my, my you know, this this person is a surrogate daughter to me. But I sound like this. Yeah, I, but can't, I, sound like, I can't do it anymore. I, I sound like the dude from Miss Doubtfire. What's his name? Firestein? Harvey Firestein. Harvey Firestein. <laughs> David yeah, I mostly know him from Independence Day. And Independence Day. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man, what a film. What a picture. What a, which one? The first one? It, oh, yeah, the first one. Oh, yeah, we did <laughs> Independence Day. You had to remind me that Independence Day Resurgence did indeed happen. Is it called um, Resurgence? That can't be true. It's like Resurgence or Revengeance or <laughs> one of those. <laughs> just one of those, like, sequel subtitles that you're like, this isn't. This could have been any word. Oh, it's you could have used vomit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd warned you. I tried to. I tried to stop you. Um, they dared uh, try to make an Independence Day sequel without Will Smith, and everyone, we, we as an audience, we all looked at each other and we're like, I don't know what they thought we liked about the first Independence Day. But like ninety percent of it was Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to I Earth. Even, I wouldn't even anyone. Be, I wouldn't even be willing to say seventy percent of it was Will Smith because the old Jeff Goldblum does have. Oh yeah, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Probably the, the president has his speech. Um, yeah, he's and awesome. It, was he in the? Is he in the second one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they got like ever. They replaced Will Smith with Liam Hemsworth. Well, Couldn't Will even get. Got, in this. The predominant Hemsworth. Yeah, Will Smith has died in the Resurgence, and his in the son canon? is his son is the uh, the black guy that they cast. <laughs> oh, there's a black guy. They they didn't yeah. use him in the advertisements. <laughs> he was uh, not he was not in the ads. And if you think I saw Independence Day Resurgence, <laughs> what do you take me for? <laughs> Even I value my time a little more than that. <laughs> oh, hold on! Don't get too far ahead of yourself. We're talking season four community right now. I mean, at least you're no, I'm making Sorry. some we're hashtag content. Specifically, the finale of season four, Community, which is, in my opinion, Independence Day Resurgence quality. The Independence uh, Day Resurgence of Community episodes uh, <laughs> for every every uh, bit that that could possibly mean. Um, and certainly we will get to it. And the, the lateness of our start time means we will do it sooner rather than later. So I'm going to limit us to like 20 minutes of uh, inane MCU chatter. Uh, but oh, I just going to be this... an eight MCU chatter this time. It's going to be. Uh, remember when Zack Snyder decided to make a movie in a different ratio than everyone ever watches movies in ever? I mean, you know, I watched that whole thing. The the aspect like ratio was like, ah, oh, shush. Um, I did it in one day. I took a couple like breaks just to like <laughs> recuperate and and like live live my life. So, like, remember that something existed outside of, you know, when you go into those deep video game tunnels and you played a game for, like, way longer than you should have and you emerge out the other side and your brain is like, no, I only understand Mass Effect 2. Yeah, and this you, is where my, you... uh, 
entire body just turns off. Thank you. <laughs> uh-huh, thank you. Yeah, it's everything else is shut down and it's only my body's only using the parts of itself that play Mass Effect 2 at this given time. Um the aspect ratio was not an issue for me. I watched the whole thing. The ratio no, didn't I, it, Yeah, it went away pretty quickly. My my Your brain uh, just adapts to it. Yeah, my um, cuz like you know, the majority of the movie Grand Budapest Hotel is in 4-3, and it didn't bother me one iota. It's still just, like, a remarkably sure. entertaining movie. I think Grand Budapest Hotel has slightly better cinematography than the Snyder Cut. <laughs> it fills that frame in a more interesting way. Yeah, a good chunk of WandaVision was in 4-3. Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um, until they did the the old, the old elongation. The why, old... why did that get me every time? Like it's good. And I was like, oh, man, why does and this I still, <laughs> You still don't see it that often, so it does, like, come and get you. Yeah, um, I think I think De Five Bloods had some aspect ratio changing in the middle of it. Still and like that, and you reminded uh, me, and I hate uh, myself. Oh, Caleb, it's remarkable. Treat yourself. Um, my favorite film of 2020. Uh, I haven't released my list yet, but it, it, I, since it came out, I was like, no, nah, this is it. I can't imagine anything else is going <laughs> to come I think along. I, I think I may have avoided it because my my emotional brain was not ready to watch something with with um, Chadwick in it. Like, I I, Amanda and I were re-watching the MCU movies in preparation. Uh-huh. Just, just not in preparation for shit because it was for- the first couple weeks of quarantine we were just like well might as well uh it's a project yeah we stopped at black panther and i haven't gone back we haven't gone back to it and so like stuff i I, yeah i think my brain was just like "Mm, no well he he died months after that movie so you had kind of like bided your time yeah i missed it and then when i was like i should watch that he passed and i was like i should watch that uh it's remarkable it actually i mean like it nothing is better that he passed but the movie is about that character being dead and gone like he within the context of the maybe he died before it came out i okay now i honestly can't remember the timeline of events but the the framing of that character storm and norman is as this like idealized young figure who is 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 preserved in the amber of our memories and time and it with that meta additive it it does add even another layer to the film um it it works oddly well with that with that particular bit of um uh, uh, added addition. It's also good, and like, yes, it is. Like, it can be a bummer. It does deal with like generational trauma related to the Vietnam War, but it is also like funny. Like the yeah. group of guys they've assembled have that great. These are old war buddy friends. Like, these chemistry. are guys that you would walk past down. Like, if you live down in New Orleans, right, or more more properly pronounced Nolans and you're Nolans, like going you. down a street in the bayou when it's hot and sweaty these guys are sitting on their porch smoking cigars and whittling and and, yeah. ho- and hollering at everybody walking by like it's a absolutely. I remember watching the did trailer you... being like yeah, y'all but... these guys are perfect for this like oh absolutely it's it's this... a great like set of character fucking actors who have just been in the game forever and yeah. and you finally like assembled it and like 
I think Spike Lee's original plan was he was going to make it kind of his A-team um, and get, like, Denzel and Sam Jackson or whatever. And he just, like, kind of couldn't wait for those very famous people's schedules to align. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sure. So he instead pulled up a lot of, like, old hand actors, and it just it works it really works. well. It works. Um, also, the old hand actors he got, like, you know, there's there's the... We've talked about this with, with um, Ted um, Danson. Kaczynski. Ted Danson. Yes. Uh, we've talked about, like, sometimes there are people that you pick that are just perfect for everything. Sure. Uh, and I think that there are, you know, B-list or, like, character type or maybe even, like, supporting people that stick in the supporting role, uh, which was Anthony Mackie until recently, um, that you can pick. Sure. And then, like, he, he <laughs> Anthony Mackie, who played various troops. Always a troop, <laughs> Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Uh, you, there's people that you could pick that like, no, no, um, no shame to them or no like criticism, criticism of them. I don't know if they would fit in an ensemble like this because like the five bloods seems like it takes that, like it takes that ensemble and makes it a titular character in itself. And, right. And, and that like the guy who's dead is this incredibly famous movie star and the guys that are left are like you know, old steady hand actors again kind of adds that another another level to it that you maybe don't have if it's fucking Denzel Washington. <laughs> right, exactly. And then all of a sudden with with Denzel in the in the center, it's like, yeah, no, the guy that died is a big famous guy, but like this is Denzel. And fucking Denzel. <laughs> and if you don't get four other or three other Denzel, not quality even, Denzel magnitude, um, mm-hmm actors then it's like yeah but we still got a leading we got a we got a leading man in the middle of this but like delroy lindo and clark peters just it's great (laughs) it's great they're great and and delroy is like he is the lead but you're right is that if it's like god help you if it's it's denzel and three steady hand actors you're like well this is denzel's movie this this belongs to denzel similar to in a way in a movie with winter soldier and falcon and going this is cap's movie and never being like it's the other guy's movie uh when you when you have that that name at the center of it it's like we we naturally can't focus on everyone else that's around uh because like Margot Robbie and Will Smith are on the team. So it's like, you, th- you think I'm going to get invested in right. these other guys? Yeah. <laughs> That's why so. I'm so excited about this next Suicide Squad because, like, yes, you still have Margot Robbie and then the gravitas just attracting Idris Elba. But then you also Idris. have, like, a very John good. Cena. A very good. John oh, God. If this whole beach was covered in dicks. And you said that I had to eat them all to make to get to freedom. I'd do it. What? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's so good, John Cena. And then Love you've him. got you've got the constantly cast as the support or as the the side guy, but perfect in a leading role. Fucking, uh, oh god, my name. Oh, his name just dropped out of my ass. Mal Reynolds. Oh, Fillion. Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Fillion. Thank you. Why did that drop out of my head? Nathan Fillion's in there. And like, sure, he's Sean Gunn. He's really good. Uh, at Michael Rooker. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's great. Classic guys. Sylvester Stallone's playing a big dumb shark. Cool. Uh, Cool. Great. Uh, Yeah, that's good. And then you got David. Didn't know I wanted it until you gave it to me. Now I want it. (laughs) And then I saw I would like it. Actually, this is very good. You've got Dostoevsky. Actually, thank you. And 
uh, Capaldi, you know, you got fucking Capaldi, you got, yeah. It's... You got a bunch of fucking classic guys. Flula got... Borg, like what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> you just got like great classic guys all the way down. And yeah. personally, I'm I'm very thankful. Honestly, um, it really does feel like Suicide Squad's cast and the way it's kind of sticking together like glue uh, is probably what I was gonna say. It's probably what something was going for, and I my brain just turned off again. This might be one of those nights Dang. where my brain doesn't finish the thoughts that it Dip. has. Oh, it's going to be, gonna be oh, one oh. of those. I think, it, I think that this cast and the way... we Obviously, we haven't seen Suicide Squad. Um, but even re- in reference to The Five Bloods like and its cohesion, I think mm. that's kind of what Shane Black wanted out of the Predator movie he made. But like that group was so fucking weirdly mix-matched that I just uh-huh. couldn't agree with it <laughs> In many it couldn't cases. go, and that that movie was was taken out of his hands, released the Shane Black cut, um, <laughs> and and it's just yeah, that's uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a whole it's a whole deal. I hope Shane can fucking rebound from that because uh, you know he kind of had the back to back flops of the Nice Guys and the Predator, um, which, is which you know he really needs. Nice Guys isn't bad. It's not even the nice guys is one of my favorite movies of the decade. (laughs) The the nice guys is a movie I've seen for real, like at least seven times. It's so fucking good. Very fucking good. Streaming on Hulu for all you out there. Yep. Uh, Enjoy yourself some GD nice guys. Uh, But, but uh, daddy host, I never uh, congratulated you. I, I never congratulated you for all of Aaron Sorkin's Oscar nominations this year. (laughs) How congratulations many he, how many did he get i don't i don't know <laughs> he just that movie's up for a bunch of stuff uh and i just wanted to like chicago congratulate seven? you personally uh yeah chicago seven chicago i don't seven. think he got director but it's like up for best picture uh i assume best screenplay i have to imagine sure sure yeah that's that's i've heard very mixed things about that movie uh i go to a coffee shop in st louis called mocha bees and once got a chance to hang out with the uh, owners mo and sister laura and a couple other people and like mo ka b yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> i think it's like mo karen and beth and, and oh I'm, yeah but like whatever whatever i got to i went up on a monday uh famous caleb mistake wanting coffee on a monday to start my week um, during quarantine when my favorite coffee shop is closed on Mondays and the only place I could go is Starbucks and I refused. Uh, so I just like nonchalantly walked up on a Monday in the rain and Mo was like, you know, we're closed. And I was like, oh shit. She's like, you want to come in? So I, we ended up hanging out. And so I got to, while I was sitting there though, they brought up the trial of Chicago 7 and how they were watching it and like they remembered being alive through that and how sure. well this captured it, right? And then I remember listening to like the Waypoint podcast and listening to Rob Zachney and Gita Jackson kind of pick it apart because it's not exactly accurate. And it uses a couple uh-huh. of devices to like swing the story in certain directions that would not have been the things that swung the story. So mm-hmm. I'm curious. I, of course, will be watching it with the complete and innocent lens of I don't fuck happened in this event. <laughs> so you will be. Your your eyes will grow large and they will glitter as they as they stare upon Sorkin's creation. Yes, exactly. I'll be like, oh, it's a Sorkin movie. Um, Aaron made this. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron did it. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, it's uh, who knows? Yeah, he's up for the Academy Award for writing. Sure. 
and that's Has it. Has he ever won that? Has he ever... Did that's he take home that uh, social network or uh, uh, Steve Jobs gold? Best Adapted Screenplay. He was nominated for Molly's Game, Moneyball, and Social Network. And he won the social network. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, you know, I gotta say, he earned that one. Oh, yeah, that was I, fucking incredible. <laughs> gotta, gotta say, script on that movie, uh, good. Very, very good. <laughs> script on the social network, good. Uh, and you actually like, you know, good, but different. Yeah, Moneyball, also good. Uh, I read the script for the social network in in school, and um, it, it many times you will read a script, and there will be like changes like oh this dialogue is slightly different than you hear in the movie like these scenes are in a different order or or this one's completely gone the social yeah. network script has none of that <laughs> it's, sure, it's just the letter all the fat has been trimmed and they were just like you know what let's run with this yeah. right because i also don't i don't know if there's like i think there's like the only stuff they cut was like a brief like you know exterior shots they weren't even like scenes um, cause I don't, I don't think there's anything modular about that movie. I don't think so there's a piece of that, out. of that movie you could take out and have it still make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's a lot like the, I, at least my original take of like the dark Knight, which is like about 40 minutes too long. And agreed. Yes. I remember <laughs> leaving that theater, uh, and thinking that was too long, but I don't know what you would take out. Because unlike Zack Snyder, Christopher Nolan seemed to accomplish this thing where everything that wow. happened felt very important, but also felt like some of it could have just not happened. <laughs> but I couldn't decide what could have not happened. There's definitely stuff that could come out. <laughs> I need to watch I, it again. I said this was my. I watched my it somewhat recently after many years away, and I'm like. Boy, you could lose this scene where Batman extradites a, a criminal accountant from from overseas. Good point. Good point. <laughs> you could lose this. I mean, like, I don't think it's like bad. I'm not sitting there and I'm like, oh God, when will this be over? But I'm also like, you could completely remove this because Lau be somewhere does else. not come up. Lau <laughs> <laughs> never comes he, up again. Yeah, he's in crucial to the to the rest. Yeah. Uh, I think, the, I think actually, in my opinion, the most removable bit of that movie, and not removable because it's bad, but removable because like it maybe deserved its own, was the almost entire Harvey Dent storyline. <laughs> like, I've definitely back, heard that. I, I like I like that Harvey Dent storylines started in this, but I don't think it needed to be fleshed. I'm stopping there because it wasn't completely fleshed out. No, I don't think it needed to Lol. be fleshed out and ended in the same movie. Uh, yes. But at the same time, I really appreciate that they didn't leave a bunch of crap for Dark Knight 3. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I do appreciate that each of those movies are relatively self-contained while leaving the door open for the next chapter. And I don't think he planned on making a third one. He, I mean, he probably initially did with Heath. and then Heath There's passed. conflicting reports about how much he wanted to make Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one can imagine that, like, the guy that's the crux of your second movie who is the one who won an oscar for his performance passing is a significant hamper on options for the future as one and on see, your own like creative drive to yeah. to tell the next tale yeah yeah as one can see clearly in the rise of skywalker who <laughs> he because that was supposed um, to be leia's movie and that's what i'm going to that's the excuse i'm going to give them because nothing else 
even kind of makes sense. <laughs> it, I mean, like, you are correct that it was you know that was the original like three three part plan. It was supposed to be Leia's movie. However, they had several years to think yes. of a new plan. They had several they, years to, to try. They had it. some time. <laughs> and what's worse is, and this is subjective, of course, but they threw out a Trevorrow script that I don't think he wrote. Maybe he did. They threw out the script for the movie Trevorrow was supposed to direct and gave it to J.J. Abrams. And upon reading what Trevorrow's movie had planned, they chose the lesser of the two. Of the two um, projects. Yeah. Shall we say evils? <laughs> I was going to say evils, yes. <laughs> okay. Great. Um, um yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting. But uh yeah, sometimes you 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 know, best laid plans of uh directors and trust fund kids um not not everything works out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Fucking roast. Sorry, we were talking JJ we Abrams over a fucking open flame. We were fucking, talking about his little glasses they crack from the heat. <laughs> I was talking about uh Trevor. D.B. Weiss and David Benioff at a coffee mm. shop, at my coffee shop today, and how they are, that's the that's where the trust fund kids uh, grill comes from, because like, just a couple of fucking dudes who were like, let's treat HBO budget like, like writing school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad right. they got on stage and bragged about doing that, and then Kathleen Kennedy and Disney were like, <laughs> actually, we don't want to work with you. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Imagine Goodbye now. Bragging about wasting money like that and thinking that that would be fine. Yeah. Wasn't their next yes, pitch we- a fucking Civil War? Uh, yeah. So we're we're uh, the the ending of Game of Thrones has caused, but via domino effect, the most like project cancellations that I can that I can think of, because uh, there were multiple Game of Thrones prequels and spins off uh that were that were going to come off. Uh those are all canceled. <laughs> like those are uniformly they are all canceled. Uh including one that they shot a pilot for. Uh then uh there was yeah, it was uh a pitch based on a book uh, where what if the South won the Civil War? Uh, because there's two kinds of those pitches. What if the Nazis won, or what if <laughs> the Confederacy won? Those are that's as far as our imagination goes. Um, and then now they're doing the the three body problem, uh, which is oh, like uh, a an inc- an incredibly uh, dense work uh, that is rooted in like Chinese mythology. Chinese you know, like mythology, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's really its roots run so intrinsically with that that I just I can't imagine that's going to end well for anyone. But um, I, I guess I've been wrong before. I mean, I relish in the times that I've been wrong. They are the most exciting times. But <laughs> but I'm but, but they're so rare. <laughs> so, so few and far between. I'm rarely wrong. So but I'm so see. rarely wrong. I love being so right all the time. <laughs> uh, it's my greatest gift, my curse. Uh, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just doing I'm just doing Raimi Spider Man now. This is my gift, my curse. Who am I? I'm Spider Man. Oh, Spoderman. <laughs> I don't know, dog. I mean, I know that like we're I'm drenched in nostalgia for it, but like the fucking graveyard sequence at the end of the first Spider-Man, just like, I think about it and I get like a little Spidey sense tingle up yeah, my sure. spine. Yeah, a little shiver. Uh, it just, it, 
those first two electrify me. I just, I still think they're uh, tremendously well put together um, and like very good emotional auteur driven like superhero shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's interesting is looking at the the Weiss and Benioff IMDb pages respectively, it's they they're still producing maybe Game of Thrones things, maybe that might come out, maybe. But all of their uh writing, like you said, all their plans to write anything Game of Thrones, HBO has firmly planted a foot on the throat of that chance and been like, Yeah, no. You can yeah, no, thank start you. money. But you're not gonna fucking write anything, right? And I forgot to mention that they had a full canceled Star Wars trilogy. I, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. And that's uh, interesting because I was excited about that before season eight of Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, sure. I was like, well, sure. oh shit, they're gonna take the solo story and make a crime syndicate trilogy, trilogy of movies with Emily or Amelia Clark, who they've worked with, and Darth yeah. Paul, and that's gonna be great. And then season eight happened, and I was like, Fuck. actually, get this as far away from them as possible. Yes just a wild series of sentences you just <laughs> threw at me that i was was not fully prepared to deal with <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome that's why Amelia i like Clark. solo solo ends and opens up this like we could tell the story of crimson dawn this crime syndicate that darth maul ran to try and get back at the emperor for abandoning him and replacing him with darth vader that's a cool story and it focuses mm-hmm. on the bad guys and star wars doesn't do that sure but nah except yeah didn't didn't go uh, as someone that uh, has not uh, seen Solo, a Star Wars story, mostly due to complete lack of interest. That's mostly my friend, it. My friend, you can be completely uninterested. Watch that movie because Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian is a, is a revelation. It's incredible. But, I, but like, someone out there in listener land, forward me like a super cut <laughs> of, his, <laughs> of his best bits. Yeah, forward me an edit of his bad. of his best good bits. Um, give me the bits shower me with bits i just you know it's one of those like i've been catching up on the uh of the of the current uh uh, you know kong and godzilla franchises Mm -hmm. to get ready for tomorrow's big fight on pay-per-view uh and uh i boy you know the those godzilla movies the god when godzilla is there you know it's pretty it's pretty electrifying you're like that is a large lizard this is it i cannot wait to see what he does next every time godzilla is not on screen you might as well be looking at your phone because you, you are not missing a goddamn thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, you, the Kong Skull Island is the only one that did it right because they realized that in order for you to not be bored as sin when the monkey is not on screen, it just needs to be bananas. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, forgive the be- pun. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But they're like, you know what's not interesting? You know, white suburban families getting divorced in the middle of a kaiju. Not interesting. You know what oh. is interesting? Samuel L. Jackson having a Captain Ahab <laughs> against Kong. He hates Kong so much. Right. And that is that is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that is compelling filmmaking. Is, is that Samuel L. Jackson hates Kong so fucking much. That's the only kaiju movie in the last like decade I haven't watched. I have not Skull watched Island? Skull Island, yeah. Oh, it's so... It's my kind of dumb. It's exactly how dumb I want a movie like that to be. Like, it's a movie where, like, there's a thunderstorm veil around Skull Island, and, like, six helicopters fly through it, and then in the next action sequence, Kong destroys, like, 25 helicopters somehow, and then there's still, like, fucking 30 people walking around. That's exactly how dumb I want these movies to be. I want want you to look... Do me a favor. Get a piece of paper out and write... 
continuity. Now take that piece of paper and put Throw it in the shredder. Garbage. And then let's go. <laughs> Light the garbage can on fire. I want nothing to do with it. That's the turtles want, in there. I want Shay Wiggum to, for no reason, turn around and say, I gotta kill this thing, pick up two grenades to suicide himself, and then have a big reptile just, like, kick him into a mountain and it doesn't do anything, and he blows up. That's what I want. <laughs> please. <laughs> please deliver unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Please. Yes. Because um, this is, of You're course, advanced community studies <laughs> podcast. Uh, where we watch and talk about the American television comedy community one or two episodes at a time. Uh, we are also the premier podcast of the Yahoo Screen Podcasting Network. Uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I have retooled the cape for cable, and it's amazing. <laughs> and I am this episode's second host this time, uh, because our dear friend Jace is otherwise occupied. Is uh, on assignment. And as and of course I am the hostess with the mostest kids. And um I don't know, after this episode I just wanted to get help. <laughs> uh I uh honestly can't remember what you're actually referencing and I just thought about Thor Ragnarok again. As I usually am. What why'd you think of Thor Ragnarok? Because they do get help. Oh, you're right. I was referencing Shirley shooting her drunk self and saying, get help, <laughs> shooting herself. Oh, uh, mm, um, yeah. I got to say, I watched this episode twice in preparation for this podcast. Right. So uh, but they were, I watched it twice for last week. And I said, I am not. <laughs> not <laughs> and after we bumped the recording, <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so it's not remarkably fresh in my brain. I did watch next week's uh, podcast episodes already, and I am <laughs> feeling much better about the future of my life. Uh, and what I'm, what I'm immediately so about. fine and good and dandy. It's it so sounds great. so good. Britta has like three moments in Repilot that I'm like, oh, community's back. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when idiot. she's when she's like, I don't believe in evil, but this school definitely got a finger up its butt as a child. I was like, Oh, <laughs> community has returned we're, to me. We're back. We're again. Do you know oh, that there are goodness. Like two Mission Impossibles right now simultaneously? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a kinda, you know, Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings, Superman one and two. Like, they're just doing it back to back. Uh, there's running, running straight through. And I think that's the right call. If only because despite all evidence to the contrary, I still believe Tom Cruise to be a mortal man. And <laughs> he's only he, getting older. You gotta do it now. I think they're <laughs> correct to say we're doing seven and eight and that's it. We're done. I yeah. think that's the right call. I think they're making a good business move, uh, and a good move for Tom's frail body. And then I think the plan is to honestly, like, then he's going to go to space, and if he doesn't come back, well, all the Mission Impossible movies are done. <laughs> that's that's actually very smart. Like, yeah, let's film these before you do that, just yeah. in case that's the last thing you do. Tom then... Cruise is about to recreate the movie Gravity, but it's going to happen for real. <laughs> to Tom Cruise. Happen realistically, which means, yeah. uh, um, bye. I know that, like, we haven't talked about Gravity in the eight years since it's come out. That is still one of the best theatrical experiences of mine. That movie life. was absolutely fucking incredible in the theater. Yes. You, you gotta are... see it in the theater, and I think our not talking about it is because I, I haven't seen, like, a theatrical re-release. They should 100% re-release Gravity. Yes. Because I would yes. go. I would go right the fuck now. Because, I would go watch it, because like, that movie's 
genuinely, I think, good. And I think that Sandy B oh, yeah. crushes it. But like for sure. In a theater with the scale and That's it. the ability to produce or not produce sound is just mm-hmm. used. It's just flexing the muscles you have because you can. And like you need the fucking theater system. You need the theater sound system. You need and like the the experience of sitting there as the lights go down in gravity and, you know, people are still like chattering to themselves and then like slowly experiencing everyone shutting the fuck up (laughs) and and just being glued to the like butthole clenched glued to the screen for the next like two hours. Uh, it's incredible. It's uh, it's something that you cannot you cannot replicate. Edge, kind of. Yeah. Yes, it's truly. And pe- I remember coming out of that, going to film school the next day, and people were like, "Well, there wasn't a lot of like character development." And I'm like, "You missed the point. You <laughs> missed it. Shut the the movie is about how scary it is to go from point A to point B in space. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh my God, that is that, the film. <laughs> that first that first wave of debris that comes that's just <sighs> on the big screen, right? You've got Earth as the silhouette, as the backdrop, and the silhouette of space, and then just like white death raining and stuff exploding, and absolutely no sound. It's one of the most like honestly low key terrifying things I've ever I've ever watched. Absolutely fucked up. It's fucked up <laughs> that they exposed that to me. Uh, it's absolutely. It's how dare they? How dare Alfonso Cuarón? Uh, uh, take you know his his big director carte blanche and wave it in my face like that. I tr- also, truly. <laughs> also, a homie gets like brained by a piece of debris, and it took the second viewing of that movie to be like, "Oh, that's what happened." Because it's just there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. It's great though. It's real good. There's a lot going on in the movie Gravity. I was uh, Gravity. At a movie would recommend when that came out. Oh, that's and per- so oh. I got to watch it for free like four times, and I was like, "This is the best thing ever." <laughs> that's the way you got to do it. It really is like Avatar in that way. It's like sure. you got to it- see it big. You got to it, it. It must be big. Yes, because big. There's nothing else like it. Like truly, like those two movies. Like you know, I like other movies, but you know, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King plays pretty good on your TV. Uh, Endgame probably plays pretty good on the TV, but like Gravity and Avatar, you just got to see it fucking big and loud. Yep. That's what it was meant for. It's got to it's gotta be in your face. Honestly, those and Mad Max Fury Road, if you uh, said we're putting about- this back in theaters, uh, I'm going. <laughs> Fuck, I'm there. Dude, like, I've seen Fury Road a bunch, and I would go. So many times. I would, you know what I would want more than just Mad Max Fury Road? A re- uh, re-release is a re-release, but in black and white. Oh, the chrome the version? Chrome, the chrome version? I've yeah. never seen it. It's good. It's good. It's good. I know that was the trend at the time, because they did Logan black and white as well. Right. Uh, I've never seen either. Logan, I've still only seen the once, even though I quite like it. Uh, Fury Road, I just, I love the color in it. Like, the color is, is part of it for me. Yeah. It's a really beautiful movie. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be angry if someone was like we're gonna watch the chrome version i'd be like sick cool and then after that can we just watch it in full color please because that would also yeah can we just do go back and do the cool colors please but then yeah i'll watch it in black and white once like fuck it like when soderbergh took raiders of the lost ark and took all the music and all the color out and he's like look at how good this movie still is (laughs) look (laughs) Look at this great this is still pretty wild (laughs) i just i love how um george miller makes movies because he basically is like 
I want to make something, but I don't have the money for it. So I'm going to make two animated um, penguin, penguin dancing movies <laughs> that are going to make a fuck yeah. ton of money. And then I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> uh, right. And before that, it was like, yeah, I just made Lorenzo's oil. But like, what if I did? What if I did Babe? <laughs> a story right. about a talking we gone, pig. <laughs> we going to do Mad Max. We going to do Mad Max 2 uh, Road Warrior. We going to do Mad Max 3 Beyond Thunderdome. We going to do Babe Pig in the City. We going to do <laughs> Lorenzo's Oil. We going to do Happy Feet. We going to do Happy Feet 2. Then we going to do Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I'm... I'm I'm fully aware of what I want to make, and I know what I need to do that. So, in between, I'm going to let, like, my nephews tell me what movie they really want that doesn't exist, <laughs> and I'm going to make that. I'm going to make a little dancing penguin. Yeah. I'm going to get Robin Williams, the the inscrutable Robin Williams in it, and then... But you're doing it with the speed and timing of the incomparable Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're obviously very excited to talk about this episode of Community. Yeah, uh, as definitely we pass not it at all. This gas leak year. Um, <laughs> I'm stealing your joke from the it's uh, fine. Facebook chat. It's fine. It's fine. I appreciate. I then credit people want to use my joke. <laughs> uh, we uh, we're here. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Let's 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 fucking dive on in Deep with breath. one episode to cover. It's this goddamn episode. Take your nose. Throw your whole back. Let's get through it. Hate. Um, cause I, I remember being largely positive about the gas leak year, even still now I'm still like, you know, it's not, it's not like terrible. There's still like some funny jokes and stuff in here. Yeah. Like I, 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 I still, I probably wouldn't skip this season if I was doing like a community rewatch outside of a podcast context. But I remember this episode filling me with a, with a fiery boiling hatred the fucking the the bowels of Mount Doom of of Mustafar they were inside of me and they were boiling up as we were as I was gearing to watch this episode for the first time in eight years, and then I did, and it's still really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it it's weird. it kind of starts okay. You're fooled. Because there's like some okay jokes when they're like around the table, you know. There's they're they're planning the grad party. There's like some kind of okay jokes, and then it just completely shits the bed. It just catapults it, itself into the sun, doesn't it? It just looks at it looks at its possibilities and goes, "But what if we were in a perfect trajectory, flying at terminal velocity into the one and only sun?" Yes, I would uh, set a set a course directly for the sun, like it's Superman for the quest for peace, and I'm carrying every nuclear weapon in the whole world, and I'm fucking chucking it into the sun. Yeah, um, that is what what happens here. Uh, it's like amazing. I've like you rarely see anything like bail so hard and wreck <laughs> wreck itself so fucking. Uh, hard because we are of course uh, talking about advanced introduction to finality directed by Tristram Shapiro written by Megan Gans uh, in this episode as Jeff is set to graduate so does the darkest timeline invade our timeline and then spoilers it's all a fucking dream <laughs> it's all a dream this has so many of my least favorite tropes 
in media. Like in Heroic Origins, where I was talking about like, oh, I really hate the like, it was all destiny, no one actually chose anything thing. If I hate two things more than that, it's doppelganger mistaken identity and it was all a dream. (laughs) In In a world, in a television world, where you have set up previously that Abed possesses something called a dreamatorium where he could say run simulations of theoretical events and have it be relevant to the characters at play. Nay! (laughs) It was a dream, actually. Yeah. It was in a real but intangible dreamatorium that is in everyone's brains. It's in all of us. Like it's in all of us, Kev. It's in, it's in all of us. Yeah, it's the collective unconscious. We all have Yo, Allison Brie in a red dress running around up in there. <laughs> don't you know I wish I could have been collectively unconscious for this episode. Uh, <laughs> hey! hey <laughs> it's it's weird because, like you said, like it does have moments where you're like, huh, okay. Like, Jeff's working through some stuff, and it kind of mm-hmm. works. And I'm kind of I'm kind of on board with it, and like yeah, this seems like it's going to place. And then it seems like without without warning, or maybe with like all the warning, because this episode starts with s- season four and ends with episode thirteen. Um, <laughs> the unlucky, they never had a chance. No, but it does seem like it very desperately wants to remind you, hey, this is season four. And, like, I hate just shitting on something, right? Like, I don't think this is altogether bad. And I know it was made by people that enjoyed making it and tried really hard to make something good. And are very good at making episodes of Community. Like, Megan Gans has written so many of the best episodes of the entire show. Yeah. It just feels like, for some reason, this season at large and this episode tries many times to do its own thing. And then goes, but there were things before that people really liked. What if we just leaned into the, what if, what if Jeff rolls another dice, another die? But then what if this time, hear me out, hear me out, guys. What if this time it doesn't land on a number, right? Like, it feels like, look at these things that are really cool that we did that people really liked. What if we changed them slightly? And like, to uh, follow up on... Many of the most beloved elements of this show, right? Because you are following up on remedial chaos theory. You are following up on the paintball episodes. You 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 are pull you are setting yourself up for expectations by invoking those two things. And those two things simultaneously. And this is just it's a wet fucking fart. Like, it's just, the paintball is not exciting. It is not thrilling in any way to watch or see. And I know they had no money. And I know they had no time. But it's still just, like, inert one-shots of each character talking to their doppelganger, standing completely still. It's just so inert, there's no the most exciting thing is like when Britta says hey don't talk to her like that and they all pop out into that like Shaun of the Dead you know like lineup (laughs) that's like the most exciting visual element of the entire thing 
I guess barring like, you know, Joel McHale not wearing a lot of clothes when he enters into the episode, like that. You know, yeah, like there you go. yeah, that's the that's the the, uh, the the only the exciting things are Joel McHale in underpants and Allison Brie in the red dress. Those are the only other like visually yeah. arresting moments of the in, entire episode of a paintball episode. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that you use the word inert to describe it because it is very much like an inert gas. Uh, an inert gas leak. Expelled out of a rectum. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, sure. That is a gas leak, ostensibly. Um, it may also be a fluid leak if it is, as you've described it, a wet version of the wet variety of rectal gas leak. Uh, if it was a poo-poo. Uh, a sh- a sh- sh- shartistic, one might call it. <laughs> shartistic integrity. Uh, and to... And to and to present this episode and then to have Abed break one of the number one rules of storytelling, which is to say, what's happening is cool. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't do that. Writers at home, people just learning this, you can't do that. You can't have a character say, we figured out how to make what is currently happening cool. The only times it works is like Tom Cruise is literally piloting a helicopter on camera and Simon Pegg is going like, this is pretty fucked up, right? <laughs> yeah. Messed up what's happening. Yeah. Um, because like what's messed up is happening. <laughs> what's yeah. happening is fucked up. He's hanging off the side of a plane. He's yeah. climbing the Burj Khalifa. It's fucked up. I feel like we're going to see James Gunn do that in Suicide Squad too, because in that trailer, there are a couple instances of a person watching a screen just reacting to what the suicide squad's doing and like, right you're gonna have steve agee in the in the control room going oh yeah like in those cases it's fine but if it's not dissociated from the characters expressly doing the action then um <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> like, right because there's a difference between because a, a reaction shot tells the audience how they're supposed to react to something. And I'm not saying, like, have your character laugh when something is funny. But a reaction shot contextualizes the action that is happening. So a reaction shot tells us, oh, everyone else in the room also thinks this is weird and are having, like, a shocked face. So I'm supposed to understand, as an audience, the context that what is happening is shocking to everyone in the room, and then that shocking can be either funny or distressing right everyone people talk about the spielberg face right is that like yes the visual effects in spielberg movies are usually pretty good jurassic park close encounters but what really sells them is you have fucking sam neil like looking at a dinosaur his jaw hanging open his eyes turning up he removes his glasses like you know what i mean like that's what sells the dinosaur to us right exactly that's that's what sells the scale that's what sells the impact um Spielberg pretty good at making movies. I think no, he's, he's, he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> he's pretty all right. He's okay. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like it's it's the difference between when like someone's at a if if you're at a party, right? And there's always maybe not always maybe in my experience many times there's always like a or a couple people um, <laughs> that are very funny and very good at being funny in front of people and like they're great to have at a party. But there's also parties you'll go to where, like, there's a guy who thinks 
he's the funniest person in the room and will frequently follow up jokes that have no response with get it or it's a joke. And that's what these, that's what, that's what turning and being like, this is crazy. That's what that is. That's, uh-huh. I don't know if this is going to land. So let me turn around and tell you. And friends, that doesn't work nearly as well as you think it does. Also, I want to point out, and this is a bit of a departure. There's a moment in this episode where Annie, dark timeline Annie, reaches in present day timeline Jeff's butt pocket to grab his phone. And not for a second do I believe he doesn't feel and recognize exactly what's happening with his phone at all times. Especially. He's innately connected to that thing. Yeah, especially when it's Annie, especially when it's a girl that he, a woman that he's attracted to. And when it's in his butt pocket. Like hugs don't generally pocket. hugs don't generally go that direction for pl- unless for platonic friends <laughs> unless are they suggesting Kev are they suggesting that this is normal post yes post this becoming a no- a normative action between the two of them hugs with hugs I would with say so if later in this very episode darkest timeline Annie does not confront our Annie and say like we're sleeping with Jeff in the darkest timeline and she and, goes, what <laughs> and this all taking place in Jeff's head would tell me that no they haven't slept together even though they were like going on ski trips together uh she's over at his house all the time like playing house you know what I mean like yeah, sure. they they still haven't like slept together at this point um which honestly just feels like disingenuous for the season I'm not for it I've I've blocked people on Twitter.com for for being overly suggestive of it, but it's it's it, like it feels weird given the season we just had, where like wanting to date Jeff and being close to Jeff is the only thing Annie has done. Hey, this is the only thing for thirteen said. episodes. It's the only thing she's been vocal about, and for thirteen episodes. <laughs> Yeah, it's strange, man. It's strange. It's it's weird. I have moments of this episode that I do like, but the problem I realize as I'm trying to say them is that, like, it's one of those weird instances where you know that 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 sentiment exists, but then when you try to find the specific reference to what you are saying, it kind Mm -hmm. of eludes you. Like, there... The things that are funny to me are like Abed being Abed to Abed when he's in the dark timeline. And like sure, them, that that kind of works for getting it and like evil Abed understanding like it just makes sense that evil Abed would be like, yeah, of course you're here. And of course, I'm going to tell you how to stop it. And of course, you're going to be totally nonplussed by not maybe not nonplussed. I always want to say nonplussed as it like not excited, but it means confused. Um I like. I get that Abed's totally just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, exactly. That's great. Also, when like Jeff insults Troy, we've we've established this on the show before. Insulted, I'm about to cry. Troy is good. Troy always, like that's Troy we like. And so like seeing Troy being like my dreams, great. I like that. It's fine. But like, it's the small things in this episode that seem to be like. Oh yeah, it's the, it's the it's community, but the overarching bigger things are like oh it it wants to be community, right? The like the the bit about like Troy and the soda is more effective than so anything good. else in the it's entire so rest of the episode. 
you know, like uh, Annie and the Dean being like, uh, we know how to throw together a wedding, you know, like that, that, that kind of stuff works and is like funny and, and characterful in a way that the rest of the episode just fucking doesn't. It just does not go. And to, to slightly rewrite this episode from eight years ago, like doing the same basic thing, if we must, and making it like Jeff is so nervous about all of this that he goes to Abed and Abed starts like running a simulation of what this might be like. And it's, and it's a follow-up of virtual systems analysis where he and Annie are in the dreamatorium, right? right. And right. you're doing the same thing with Jeff and like he's guiding Jeff in a way that he did when he was his dungeon master, you know, like right. making this a story between these two characters as opposed to just a bunch of random crap <laughs> that's happening is <laughs> uh, he at least adds like an emotional, you know, the best se- episodes of this whole season are the ones that have focused in on the emotionality of the characters, you know, right. Britta getting one up over on the study group. Who's always making fun of her, Troy breaking up with Britta and figuring out a way to work around that because he doesn't have the courage to break up with his friend. Right? Like the emotional cores have been the strongest thing so far that like hone in on that find an emotional beat like community used to do with these genre parody episodes to make it just not seem like a family guy bit that's happening in front of us (laughs) right yeah it's it's weird like this this episode yes this season um feels it just feels so much like beating a dead horse at a point but this season it does have problems with like you know you i've i've never looked at community this um this with this much like with this much of a scrutinizing lens until doing this show right and then hearing people say uh or even y'all say that like season four characters don't make a lot of sense because they do things they wouldn't do like one of the biggest conceits of this episode is that like Evil Timeline Jeff comes in and says really mean things to his friends. And then they just accept those wholesale and leave and go home. And it's like, no, I we know these characters. They would have been like, yo, what? Shut up. What? Joe, Jeff, what's going on? Yeah, they, like, they would have been like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, and like, yeah, that that's so weird. And then when he shows up, they're like, you're mean. It's like, what? No, that's not how they act. Um, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And it's yeah, really it's, strange. It's really strange. And I know it's all a dream, but like that makes it worse <laughs> cuz then cuz then what was the point of what I just watched? <laughs> and I I also love that we get our our uh, Pierce cameo. Is this our last live action Pierce cameo? Yes, if you don't count the hologram in the next episode. If you if you count, like, this is his physical body interacting with the rest of the cast, this is it. I didn't realize that, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, that, like, the the fallout on set of Pierce, uh, sorry, of Chevy Chase, uh, saying the N-word, and then, like, no longer ever being in a scene next to or on the same <laughs> set as... The rest of the actors. I never realized mm-hmm. that. I knew he like 
just was kind of slowly dissociated, not dissociated, what am I trying to say? Slowly um, phased out. And they used, sure. like, his but voice I, I think you'd thing. have to, even if you didn't know the gossip, you would have to notice as a viewer, like, Pierce isn't even in <laughs> a few of these episodes. Right, yeah, but I never noticed that, like, when he is, it's not in the same... It's not they're not actually interacting with each other in the same space. Like you have the puppet episode and it's just a voice. And like you can assume that like I guess they just all came to the booth uh, to the to the studio that day and recorded in a booth. Right. And they may have eaten lunch together or whatever, but understanding that like no, absolutely not. <clears throat> they did they no. they were all recorded separately. And if they did have lunch, Chevy was not a part of it. And then this like <laughs> this is the time where he like walks out and you're like, "Oh, he's in the same place." And then you realize that you never see like the faces of him and everybody else. It's like them at the same talking time, you're like, oh, darkest timeline. Pierce is in a different shot than every other yeah. character, and the only time and they don't even the like overlap. Shot, it's just the back of his head, which is just a person uh-huh. standing in. That's a body double, yes. Yeah, exactly. like the body double that falls over and fakes a heart attack with ice cream at the uh, origin story episode. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's funny because this whole episode is full of people being doubles to each other, which is like interesting camera work the whole time. And sure. like the Pierce scene is just like, yeah, no, he ain't here. <laughs> uh, he's the, we're just the, we're filming him over there, and then he's gonna shoot himself and be gone. And then there's the weird Jeff Matrix thing. I guess. Hey, like, kids, if you've seen the Matrix, you like <laughs> you like Matrix. Jeff Jeff do Matrix. He do it. You like. Hmm? Stop bullet hmm? with brain. Make <laughs> Stop think. with brain. And then and then grab it and tilt your head. Come on, like we got the matrix reference, matrix reference immediately. That's like being like, I'm. Yeah, we've all seen the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like being like if... something quintessential from Star Wars, like I'm your father, and then being like, Star Wars. This is from Star Wars. This is from Star Wars. You've seen Star, like, Wars? Yeah, no, this is from shit, Star Wars. Dude, we get it. We knew that. Yeah, it's, Thanks. It's the most referenced thing of all time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's weird. Ugh. Don't care for it. Don't need it. They don't worry. They do pointlessly reference Star Wars <laughs> later this very episode, <laughs> um, because I haven't gotten enough. My life has not been full enough of pointless references. Point and look. It's Star Wars. I just I haven't gotten enough of those in my lifetime. Yeah. No. Well, I have good news for you. It's probably never going to stop. Yeah, at least I have that to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait for all the Bad Batch references coming out. All those kids, all the kids gonna be watching Bad Batch. Yep, and learning about learning kids about gonna be watching Obi Wan. Learning about soldiers doing things off the book as if it's cool. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love rogue soldiers. <laughs> it's yeah. like Call of Duty. I like Black when Ops they take the law out. into their own hands. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War comes out, and I go, oh, it's a war crime simulator. And then someone at GameStop goes, no, it's not. It's a game about... I'm like, homie, it's... Why do... You know why they're called Black Ops? And he's like, because nobody knows about them. I was like, yeah! You know why nobody knows about them? Because they do illegal <laughs> shit. <laughs> he was like, you're a buzzkill. Okay, Because Reagan was like, this would make even me look bad. <laughs> And I've video been, game where they like lifelike recreate Ronald Reagan. He's like, I approve of you, son. <laughs> I approve. Uh, yes, I condone all of this. And it's good that I did that. Ugh. None of these namby pamby politicians. Uh, yeah, not a fan of uh, this episode of the television show. 
community. Are we done? <laughs> yeah, no, I think we're good. I think we, we, I think we, we can tie a, I think we can tie a bow on that. Isn't that, yeah, love, that a quote from this episode too? Love tying a bow? Sure. Someone said <laughs> tie sure. a bow on that? I don't know. Sounds like it. Uh, so let's do our rankings, uh, starting with uh, the end tag, uh, where we visit another timeline and Troy and Britta have a baby named Wait. Chewbacca. Why did they go back to Troy and Britta in a relationship episodes after ending that that relationship? Because it's a different timeline and we've crunched the numbers and it doesn't even really follow up on that <laughs> timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of a thing that happens. And they have a baby with a traditional African name, Chewbacca from the Star Wars. You remember, you love Chewbacca. I forgot. This mean you love us? <laughs> this, you love Chewbacca, you love me? And it's, is it mildly offensive that Britta's like, we gave our baby an African name? Isn't that right, Chewbacca. Like is yeah, Britta so Britta seem just like a fucking racist a, asshole. Is he fucking racist asshole. <laughs> this makes Britta seem just like a racist piece of shit, which I'm generally against. <laughs> like she has her moments of being, you know, dumb, she has her but like of being overzealous, sure. But that's but like are, Britta, being overzealous, not being completely I, colorblind. It is impossible to exist in the English-speaking world. And not know who Chewbacca. And not know exactly who the fuck Chewbacca is. <laughs> That's not even like they didn't. They didn't fucking name her after like Ahsoka Tano. You know, like okay, I yeah. could buy uh, okay, most yeah, people not knowing the makes, little orange exotic. I get it makes, from Clone yeah. Wars, but like every fucking living person knows who Chewbacca. Is. Yeah, and the, and then the, like of the other two hundred and seventy countries in the world, like a hundred and ninety five of them also know exactly who the fuck Chewbacca is, and then the rest, it's like a it's like a coin flip. Like fifty percent of that population will have a vague idea. So you want to take Britta, who like exists in America as an adult in their thirties in the early two thousand tens. And act like she has no idea who the fuck Chewbacca is. She would have been alive during the time that lady on Vine got a Chewbacca mask and then laughed about it. And it was on She Good would Morning know who Fucking Chewbacca America. Mom is. <laughs> she would she absolutely would know. know who Chewbacca Mom is. She would know. It's ridiculous. Get to fuck. This is the bottom for me. Number 82. Any objections? <laughs> No, no fucking, a fucking course not. The only even kind of objection I could have is that like it's a Troy and Abed in the morning bit, which I, which like. I like, but like the rest of the things that are around the bit, sink the bit. <laughs> I like the cutaway of Shirley passed out drunk. <laughs> that that made me laugh. Yeah, uh, but I'm sorry, this is the bottom for the yeah. fucking Chewbacca. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Spin stank bin. Put in the stink. Um, Don't say that. <laughs> put it in the stink. Uh, and now let's put two in the pink. Uh, oh, episode rankings. God damn it. <laughs> it was suggested episode. before. I get it. Yeah, now I made it off text. You. You're, you're no longer good at no subtextual humor. But No, sir. Nah, it is 11 p.m. on a Tuesday. I am not... <laughs> I'm not feeling subtext. I would like to make it boldface text. Yes. And I'd like to put it in Microsoft Word Word Art. <laughs> I would bring back Clippy just to make sure I get this right. 
Just to uh, make sure, hey, it looks like uh, you're being offensive on your podcast. Would you like help with that? Um, so let's throw this one, um, this episode, um, firmly at, so, the, at the bottom. Yeah, my question was going to be, well, is this the new number 83 or 84? And... No, I think this has to go at the bottom. I don't know why I turned into a fucking Fargo resident. Oh, yeah, this has to go at the bottom there. You know, Norm, we're doing pretty good. This episode of Community wasn't very good, though. Uh, New number 84. Sorry. Season 4, episode 13, Advanced introduction to finality it's really weird how close a fargo north dakota accent is to like the chicago accent it's well a- they're neighbors <laughs> they're like kissing cousins they're I not mean, far kind apart. Of. i mean kind of but yeah I guess. north dakota and chicago they have like one state separating them <laughs> but north dakota is fucking huge <laughs> i mean i'll give you that but they're all fucking polish and scandinavian like they're <laughs> like they're all <laughs> They're all is that what that from is? the same. Is that, is that what that is? Is that just like people that can no longer be Swedish chef? Just like yeah, exactly. They were going horkish borgy orc bork, and they were shooting <laughs> holes in donuts. And then they came over here, and they were like, "Duh, bears." It's just a direct. <laughs> fuck yeah, sure. The the you know the the chart where the monkey turns into the guy, but it's like Swedish chef is the monkey. <laughs> Yeah. And then he's a Viking, and then he's the Bears. <laughs> he's he's Mike Ditka. Oh God! And just so our fans don't jump down Kevin's throat, it's two. We get it. It's two states away, but still, the states jump that are down between my throat. It, I'll fucking block be- you. I don't give a shit. The states that are between it are Wisconsin and Minnesota. So like, it's yeah, not come my- after me. Wisconsin and Minnesota. <laughs> I'll dust up with some fucking. Vikings fans, I'll throw down with you, Green Bay Pack. All you pack, you cheese heads, I'll fucking throw down. I don't give a fuck. Ah, oh, just, just the best, just the best. I'm going to a Denny's parking lot. I'm getting into a fight no matter what today. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this might be the easiest ranking we've ever done. Yeah, my it's it's since the pilot, right? <laughs> since the, yeah, sure, since the pilot. Since the Where one that literally no had nothing else to go against. There was no other options. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I like it. Uh, so that uh, wraps up our coverage of the gas leak year. Uh, we're a little short on time, but any closing thoughts on Community Season 4? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. No, I mean, it holds a place. Whether or not that place is right at the gates of hell is... Uh, mildly debatable but uh it definitely holds a place in my heart i don't know why the gates of hell are in my heart as well um this is a bad <laughs> metaphor <laughs> uh. but no yeah it, I, I i have episodes that i'll i'll catch or i or i won't skip when it's on and that's fine i will also endure it because like we said before um in the same way that a mediocre Marvel movie is still better than any DC movie, a mediocre community episode is still better than most other episodes of things. So like there are a lot of MCU movies I would put under Aquaman and Birds of Prey. But I do I appreciate the sentiment of what you were saying. Sure. <laughs> but you get the you get the, the overarching point. Completely. I'm just being a pedant for the yeah. first time ever. I get it, Kev. You don't like Thor Dark World, all right? I get it. No, I am a defender of Thor Dark World. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, Which one is it? 
Uh, well, there's a few. I mean, like, Incredible Hulk is not good. Iron Man 2 is not good. Yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home is not good. Those are all worse than Aquaman and Birds of Prey. I just more. I got more. Aquaman, um, I'm going to fight you on because that movie is hot garbage. You know, watch the Snyder Cut and do what I did, and you're like, I actually have a new appreciation for Aquaman, which was like two and a half hours of colorful insanity, where like every scene was like... Okay, hold on, Kev, hold on. I'm going to cut you off there, because what you're saying is because the Snyder Cut is black and white, basically, and boring, that makes a movie that's not black and white and less boring good. No, 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 because that movie, because Aquaman is bananas, Right? Every other scene yeah. is like, here's the Crab Kingdom, and the Crab Kingdom hates Orm. <laughs> it's, it's loyal to the bloodline of Nicole Kidman. And Nicole Kidman it lives in the center of the sea, and it's dry down there, and she fights dinosaurs, <laughs> you know? Like, Aquaman has that. And, like, when the MCU reaches levels of insanity like that, then I will, I will, I will dip on my Aquaman praise. But I, you know, Aquaman, you don't, you don't sit there and rap silence. You get some friends. You get some brews, and you just react to Aquaman? Aquaman. 10 out of 10. Perfect film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and you and, you and Jace don't seem to like Birds of Prey as much as I do, and that's fine. I think it's no, fun. I it's th- a fun I thought Birds action. of Prey was a perfectly nonsense good time. Like, good time. At the end of the movie, I was like, who's this for? You know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, for me, because a lot, of, a... <laughs> a lot of other DC movies are much more for nobody than this. Oh, for sure. Oh, for that's sure. the that's the uh, dangerous game you get into when ranking DC. I haven't movies. seen Shazam. I hear Shazam is good. I've heard it's good. I've heard it's good, but I, I haven't gotten don't around to it. Have patience enough right now. Maybe Understood. Someday, but you know. Understood. Yeah. I'm glad we all agreed, though, just sort of collectively as a society, that Margot Robbie Harley Quinn was basically the only aspect of this that was working. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I, I also I'm glad we all <laughs> decided like, nah, we keep this. Yeah. I also appreciate <laughs> we'll get rid of James the Gunn. Rest of I also appreciate that James Gunn had the like foresight, or maybe not even foresight, just the just the educated eye to understand that like Viola Davis was underutilized, so I'm gonna use her right this time. No, she's perfect as Amanda Waller. Keep her. Keep it. Yeah. And also you know? that Joel Kinnaman is great as Rick Flag. Um, but also, you just, you just gotta play him well. right. Exactly. You just gotta you gotta play him right. Like how they figured out how to use Jason Momoa Aquaman because Jason Momoa I think is a limited actor, but he has this innate dumb bro energy. And if you use <laughs> the dumb bro energy, he's actually a pretty entertaining screen presence. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You just gotta know how to use your tools. And they didn't know how to use him until Aquaman. And he's like, what's up? And he's like taking pictures with guys in a bar. Like, and he- yeah, it's, <laughs> I think I bounced off of that because for the longest time I was like, Aquaman's this guy that's like proper. And and then at some point I woke up and realized I took myself too seriously. And then watched Aquaman and was like, you know what? He's like a drunk sailor. Who controls the ocean? This is actually kind of fucking perfect. This is actually kind of fun. This is kind <laughs> of a incredible. Fun ocean man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I uh, I take back everything negative I've said about Aquaman, and it's now uh, my favorite film of all time. I guess. Um, so, so uh, concluding thoughts on the gas leak year. You know, there's good in here. 
I yeah. it's 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 not a wash. There are episodes you can look at our rankings. There are good episodes that rank among the rest of community. Um and and uh there's also a lot of crap. And it is undeniably the worst season. It is. I mean I mathematically. <laughs> like it is it is uh I think sometimes people are too willing to like overpraise it and be like, look again. Uh and I'm like, <laughs> listen, it's still at the <laughs> worst yeah. season. But it's not like irredeemable. I've it's seen also, it's also bad one of sitcoms. Those... This ain't right. it. Right, exactly. It's also got the unfortunate um it also has the unfortunate reality of existing in a show that like it's just full of good, good, good material. Season one, really good material. Season two, peak material. Season three, the peak is even higher. But you know what I mean? Like it just keeps the show's been good and then good and then good. And then like having an off year is not something that's not normal in shows. Every Happens show has that season. Basically every like, show, yeah. Uh, all right, and then the good ones find their footing again, and the bad ones, like Walking Dead, just continue to fart on themselves. Um, but then, like, the community gets right back into the swing of it with season five and season six, which, like, despite their quirkiness and despite their hemorrhaging cast and despite the just rapid changes in distribution that they went through, continue to deliver good content, which is hard especially on the tail end of a show that's, like I said, hemorrhaging cast members or just rearranging things or adding a cast member for a season and then not having them the next one. Or moving uh, to Yahoo Screen. <laughs> exactly, or moving to Yahoo Screen. Uh, so season four has this unfortunate reality where it exists in a show that hasn't had an off year yet. So sure. if you have an off year, then you're just the worst. And yeah. that... And like like we've said, like we've said, the worst communities still above average many other things. So absolutely, I'm, I'll watch season four community ten times over before I put myself through another season of Walking Dead, and I stopped in season three. You know, every season of The Walking Dead, someone would tell me like, "No, no, no, they finally got it. They fi- it's finally good." And I would try again, and they'd be like, "Still no, guys. Still, still, still kind of don't care anymore. Still no." Uh, first season pretty good though, but it's six episodes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty limited yeah. scope there. They they uh, they ran out of oddly, they ran out of apocalyptic zombie material, which like yeah. just seems like something that shouldn't happen. How the fuck did you do that? But how the um, how did you find yeah. the most versatile genre of, seems of like, horror that exists? Seems like that. Uh seems weird. Just like my critique of this season is that it just feels so safe. To yeah. sitcoms in general and community that came before, it feels like the difference between like SNL in 1977 and SNL in 2021. Right. You know, just like it had become like a safe, corporatized, like middle of the road, lukewarm, milk a toast kind of thing. It had yeah. lost its edge, which it like immediately regains with, you know, not two of my favorite episodes of all time, but like Repilot and Intro to Teaching are a good reassertion of the like acidity of the like punk rock energy yeah. that that community is is so laced with. The yeah. underdog scrappiness that returns. Yeah, it uh, absolutely and, comes back and does exactly that. It says yeah, 
we're no one expects shit of us, but we're still gonna do it, and it's gonna be good. And it's like, oh, okay, okay, this is their community show returns I, to feeling like the little dog that needs to prove itself. Yeah, like the little dog that's gonna posture at the dog park and and not let any of the big dogs walk all over it. Exactly. Um, it's an energy that returns in the next two seasons that I'm very excited to to talk about because I think these are two undersung, underappreciated seasons that have a lot of interesting shit going on inside of them. Sure. Uh, and I'm and I'm very very excited to to dive in there. Let me give us some uh, season averages while we're here. Oh yeah. Uh, I like. So for the end tags, as of the completion of the first four seasons, uh, season two is in first place. With an average of uh, 35.5 uh, for the end tag. Average placement, 35.5. Season 3, second scale, place. This is out of a scale that goes to 82, correct? 84? Yeah, this is the one that goes to 82. And okay. we're averaging just every placement along the way. Sure. Uh, season 3 is in second place uh, with 38.1 average. Right. So very close between yeah. those. Uh, season 1, third place, 40.21. Again, neck All three within neck. five points. Of with the whole spectrum, yeah. Um, and season four in fourth place with sixty point zero seven. Yeah, uh, took a took a little bit, took a little bit of a nosedive there. Yeah. Um, and the bad. episode rankings, uh, since we're here, this one is out of eighty four. Season two, top dog in first place, twenty seven point nine two. Breaking the out of eighty four. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. What season? Is fucking, season one. That's season two. Season two, season two. Okay, that makes sense. It's in first place with 27.9. Yes. Uh, Season three, 34.5. So not not bad. Still Still pretty. Yeah. A little bit of a wider spread than the the end tag. Mm -hmm. Still still good. Season one, third place with 49.52. Drooping a little bit. It's a little little bit of a hop. A little bit of a skip. Here's the the zinger, though. Season four. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess with... Oh, please do. An average of 72. Are you close? Season four has an average of 69. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hate. Nice. Nice. But not nice. You're in last place. I can't imagine anything else is going gonna, gonna to join you down there. Um, but uh, we are now in uh, the section that we like to call plugs. Any plugs you got for us this week? Um, not really. Uh, we had a couple of, I've had a couple of really good weeks with, um, the, the bounty board, uh, podcast that I've taken on to myself to, to run. Um, still, if y'all are curious, check out that Rama Yesmail episode. It's called, uh, inclusion magic and food with Rama Yesmail. It's very good. It's very good. It's one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. And it just went so phenomenally well. It's two hours long. So if you got a lot of stuff to do, got a long commute, got a lot of dishes and house chores, throw it on. And I, promise you you'll enjoy it sorry for my audio it makes weird popping throughout the entire episode i don't know why um outside of that i'm uh, currently working on what we're gonna do next but i do have a couple of games on pc that i'm really 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 into and i plan on making some videos on those so that's really all i've got going on um for sure hell yeah sure um 
Let's see. Uh, for me, uh, on the day this episode drops, April 1st, you can find uh, on another podcast of mine, uh, the Puffin Publishing Podcast, you can find our fifth anniversary special uh, where we play a tabletop RPG as magical book authors, uh, which was uh, remarkably fun. Uh, stay tuned uh, for the second half of this very episode uh, where I uh, re- our paintball correspondent, uh, Princess Bilbo, returns. Uh, we, we have a good anime and manga catch up and we talk about season four uh, quite a bit as well in our second to last uh, paintball episode. Um, uh, we There's only one more that remains at the last one. It's a banger, folks. It's a banger, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Uh, and uh, we will be back next week as we begin Season 5. Dan Harmon returns. Uh, and we will do the, the first two episodes of Season 5 to, to get back on schedule because Ooh. on Tuesday, 420, uh, we will be doing uh, a, a live session to celebrate this show's one-year anniversary, uh, which is technically this Friday the 2nd, but on 420, <laughs> we will be doing uh, an anniversary uh, session of my uh, community tabletop RPG uh, where we will finally catch and unmask that dastardly ass-crack-bandit we will apprehend that sucker uh, on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Kevin Lanigan. Uh, but until next week, pop, pop. Pop. Uh, wait. What's the other one? Pop. I forgot it. I forgot it. I forgot it. <laughs> but I came, it came back to me. You're a staple now. You're a brand. You are now. Now you've retaken the top spot as our, the the most recurring guest. Yeah. You've you've reclaimed your dominance at this point. Hair flip. You... Hair flip. Because this is <laughs> a right. this is an audio platform. People have to know I'm doing a hair flip. Yeah, you had to include that include that in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, everyone, I will I will insert that <laughs> glittering sound uh, <laughs> that used to when you would listen to those books. Like you had the tape and you had the book, and they're like, turn the page. And you would go, yeah. oh, okay, turn the page. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, because I can't read. So, like, because I am a baby, right? And I have this book in front of me, and it's, like, about the jungle or whatever. And they're explaining to me, they're reading the page to me, but I can't read because I am a baby. So, uh, and I'm like, okay, somewhere on here is the word toucan. I have, I'm picking this up. I am learning. And then they're like, turn the page, you dumb baby. And then I would. You had that much to know to turn the page. You knew how to turn a page. I could listen. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was a little baby, but I could figure that much out. And you had the book, because the book has got those thick cardboard pages that yeah. baby books have. Because <laughs> babies, They'll you cannot leave anything. them with a regular book. Yeah. <laughs> it will go They'll into burn their through. mouth. Yeah, <laughs> you will lose pages to baby slobber. Just yeah. whether or not they're, like, even trying to consume the book, it's just 
they just dribble. They yeah. just, it's, you're going to lose that book. Yeah. I mean, and now it's funny because 99% of the books I consume now are all audiobooks. <laughs> and they also have turned the page yeah, sound effects. It's weird. In they have that turn the page sound effect. I don't know. Crazy. I don't know why you think I'm reading along. <laughs> I don't know why you think I hired you, a professional actor, to read a book to me that I would also be reading <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, wild. You know, I was I was I was trying to read where the crawdads sing and Sky kept telling me when to turn the page. So it looked like I was reading where the crawdads sing. Yeah. Uh you got to look smart in public. You're actually Mm, ah, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I got this dude. Uh, it's not even an audiobook. It's a guy on the other end of an earpiece who's reading aloud <laughs> to me. So it looks like I read. You know, he's going like, uh, yes. Uh, and then uh, Professor Robert Langdon in the book, uh, the, the Angels and Demons, you know, he ran up to the Vatican, turned the page so you look smart. <laughs> That's what they say. They tell you, turn the page so you look smart. To the page. They're always telling you a different way to turn the page so that if anyone's like following you along in the book you're reading, you're expressing the right emotion at that point. You know, turn the page indignantly. And you're like, oh, oh. turn the page. Like, you just can't wait to see what's in the next chapter. It's just, just to I'm, impress people on the yeah. subway. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly, that's how I like read on the subway, which is a lie because I get motion sickness. So I cannot read anywhere. <laughs> Well, the subways are famous for not moving, right? So you you spend a lot of time waiting for the subway to give you motion sickness. And you're like, I would love to be motion sick if this thing would just move. <laughs> if we would just go. Wait, really? I'm sorry. I don't know how subways work in New York. You're not I've been New Yorker. Yorker. I mean, okay. technically, my mom's a New Yorker, but I am not New a York? New Yorker. There's still oh. time. My brother is moving to New Jersey, and my mom is not happy about that one. No, absolutely. That is a crime. Like, that, <laughs> that is... What's a good facsimile? Uh, oh, my God, my mom for... just walked by. She's, like, shaking her head. She's so upset. Over to Jersey. <laughs> Dirty Jersey. She, she heard me say that, and she's just like... We're all very angry, because my brother is in the Air Force, so he's being stationed in New Jersey. He doesn't really have a say. So, uh, yeah, but my mom she's just like your brother who is dead to me. <laughs> your yes. brother who is excommunicated <laughs> from the family. Oh, you were talking to your brother? What were you having a seance? Because he's dead. <laughs> he's dead to me. Exactly. Exactly. I have no New Jersey son. <laughs> That's exactly exactly conversations with my mother now. Is your speaking around he who must not be named. Yeah. He's now a disappointment. <laughs> Before he was a golden child until it, until <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, he was like, you know, just always spoken about with pride. We're so proud of him. He's doing so well. He's married, three kids. Doing great. But now ooh, do I even now have a bought, brother? Now that he bought land in Weehawken, it's like more like <laughs> Weehawken our son out of our phone contact list. He's out of there. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that New Jersey can still drive families apart. It still has that power. It does. Uh, but the, 
the real estate's so fucking cheap. I'm always so jealous of people that live in Jersey. It's also usually easy for them to get to Manhattan than it is for me, someone who lives in Brooklyn. Now we're just talking about New York real estate. I'm going to... I'll, I'll jump off this because I know this means nothing to you. I don't know. It might mean something to my mother, but she hasn't lived in Brooklyn for a very long time. I don't want to count years. Very long time. Um, that's okay. It's... <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to dox my mom and, and <laughs> how old my mom is on a on a podcast that thousands of people will hear. Um, Listen, my so, mom yeah. was really excited to get the senior discount. She was so happy to. She's like, I did it. I'm getting the senior discounts. She's I'm retired, so and it'd be awkward huh? because like like I'm not afraid to dox my age because I'm 33. So she's above that. Wow, you are, I believe, the same age that Britta is in the season five finale. If I remember correctly, she cites herself as emptying her locker, she said, at the age of 33. So congratulations on that. Oh, wow. I have to go check. Oh, I'm so excited. You're that... almost fully caught up to Britta age. Wow. That's great. It's, uh, Isn't that... It's so funny because, like, I... Because... I just posted the photo of me and Gillian that I tried to copy her photo shoot. Yeah. And I had friends go, oh, uh, she's your clone. I'm like, technically, if you're going to say I look like her, I look like her because she is older than I am. Yes. (laughs) She she came first. Uh, And then you are you are the the clone created. When she dies, her spirit will hop into your body. So I hope you're ready for that. I mean, that'd be really, really great. Uh, she's very, very nice and very charismatic and like doesn't have, I don't think she has as <laughs> crippling anxiety as I do because she well, can audition. Only time will tell. <laughs> she, ha- she can audition for things. I like could never, ever do yeah. that. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, as someone who's done it, it's absolutely just maybe the worst thing. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's never good. Uh, so that's why I just write my own things and, and cast myself in them. Uh, cause who's going to tell me no? Me? <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you do though? You have that moment and you're like, oh, you're just not right for the part. <laughs> you have that awkward conversation with yourself. Like, oh, oh. hey. It just isn't working out. It's nothing personal. You know, I'll keep you in mind for other things. It's just, it's not going to work out on this one. It's not, it's not you. It's it's not you. The producer, he's tied my hands. Yes, I'm also the producer. But it's, it's kind of, there's nothing I can do, bud. I'm sorry. Studio's got me up against the wall. I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, As I slink off to go teach acting classes at an annex. (laughs) keep mentioning the same three roles i did 30 years ago yep. uh well <laughs> perfect transition uh to to uh welcome back to the show our paintball correspondent the princess bilbo herself elise welcome back thank you i'm so excited and kind of not <laughs> because we're talking about Third. we're talking about season four paintball the best paintball yet oh. uh Beautiful. So uh, you've been on the show many times, and we will uh, certainly uh, uh, discuss. I guess if you count, 
you're playing the RPG whose audio file was uploaded to to this very podcast feed, this would be your fourth <gasps> appearance. So, True. Mazel tov on that. Thank um, you. If those counts, uh, you know, fans, you decide if that counts. <laughs> Can't be bothered. Uh, but before we get into community, I think there's been, you know, because you and I, we like to we like to sit, we like to have a, a table session about anime and or manga in these conversations. Yeah. There has been a, a stunning turn of events between the last time you were on the show, where yeah. for once, I recommended a manga to you. You did. And I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> Spy X family. I don't know if you pronounce the X or if I don't it's think like you do times or stroke or I don't know if it's a hunter hunter kind of clause. Yeah, I was thinking I'm like it's probably hunter hunter, but I, being a brat, always say hunter X hunter because like I'm like the X is there and I know he's it's just hunter hunter. But then hunter. don't put the X in there. <laughs> I say as I love that artist so much because he does Yu Yu Hakusho, which is by far like one of my top favorites. Every artist has that one thing about them that you have to go like, I love them except for this. And with that guy, it's just like, stop putting the X. What is this X? <laughs> if you don't want me to say it, don't put it in there. But but yes, Five Family is so good. It's delightful. Oh I'm my. on chapter 11. I think I've read 11 chapters. Um, and it's just delightful. It's about a super spy and a lady assassin who have to pretend to be a family and adopt a little psychic daughter uh, for, you know, contrived plot reasons. But it's, <laughs> you know, so uh, and it's just fucking delightful. It's really funny. And you just everyone is so cute. It's beautiful. I loved it. Oh my god, it was so it was so my brand. <laughs> I, was just like, I knew. I I read half of a chapter and I was like, "Hey, Elise, I think you will like Spy X Family." <laughs> and, and I sent that, and I was correct. I literally you sent that, and I literally was like, "Hmm, what's this? Take a type. Let me read a little bit." Oh no. Uh oh. I finished. I finished five chapters. In a day. Like, you you just blew... Huh. I looked... It's suddenly dark outside. <laughs> when I started reading Spy Family, it was bright outside. Now it's dark? Yeah. It was weird. I don't know how... What happened to time, but... Spy but Family It was so happened. good. It was so good. Uh, but anyway, folks, uh, Spy Family, check it out. <laughs> uh, if you want to pay $2 a month for the Viz Media app, that's how I read it. If you, uh, if you so. need recommendations for other things you can read on the viz media app uh i can also give you more so yeah this is your gal <laughs> <laughs> more than any well, i could ever read uh but if i ever need a wreck i do know you're there as a resource i mean like to be fair i've been reading manga since like 2000 probably a little bit before then because my first anime expo i went to was 2002 and um, so I've been reading manga and watching anime for a very, very long time. And Let's anytime see, someone... 2000, it's 2021 now. Let me do that math. That's, that's oh, a long hard time. Math. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hard one. Um, but yeah, I have, I am 
uh, I am good good news. I am not a gatekeeper. If you are interested in anime or manga, I am ready to welcome you with open arms and give you recommendations, and and I just want you to enjoy it. That's the right mentality to have, right? Yeah. Is um. <laughs> <laughs> is is that like um uh it's okay to have like you know strong felt opinions and love things but you should want to like share that with everyone right 100%. you should you should want other people to experience the same things that you love and not be a gatekeeping psalm bitch yeah gatekeepers suck gatekeepers suck it's just like let me into hell gatekeeper stop like stop let me through let me go <laughs> I just want to die. The lifeguard. <laughs> yeah, the lifeguard at the top of the slide who's like, stop, you know, wait for the next person to go so nobody dies. I'm like, screw you, gatekeeper. <laughs> let, let me down the slide. Oh, no. <laughs> I hate all forms of gatekeeping, even the helpful one. Oh, no, this went, this is a horrible turn. What a terrible <laughs> turn of events this is right now. Oh, my God. I need to renounce myself from this podcast. Uh, but let's... Okay. Let's let's talk a little community, shall we? Okay. Because um, it, it's been a little bit since we've had you on the show. Um, because the last time you would have been on would be for the season two uh, paintball episode. So you, you weren't here for all of season three. It's been a hot minute. Uh, but uh, the, the controversial... Uh, gas leak year of community. Um, I would be I would be very curious to hear your overall thoughts, and then we'll focus in on this little paintball episode. So I distinctly remember watching it live, and like I saw online that people weren't enjoying it, but I couldn't help when it was like live. But to like kind of like I was still enjoying it and the fact because I was still getting community and I was like, oh, thank God it wasn't canceled. Like we were so close this time. And um, and like October 19th, like it was very stressful. Um, and I like I recognize that the episodes weren't as good as the prior season when originally watching it. But I was still just like I'm getting community this is fine. And then going back and rewatching it, I was like, Oh, I definitely, definitely see how this is like, not as good. Well, while like season one, season two, season three, like, you know, 90% of the episodes, 99% of the episodes I love. And then the, and then season four, it's just like, oh, it's actually only that 1% of episodes that I love. And the other ones are just like, eh. Yeah, what are your, what are your episodes in season four? Are there ones that you're like, no, this is good community, no, no asterisk? Um, Her Story of Dance. I really like that mm. episode. Um, I really like uh, just uh, Britta's whole storyline in that. Uh, how her stubbornness and then like how like even Jeff is like willing to like give up a little to help her. I really enjoyed that. And then uh, the body swap, Jim Rash's episode. Still, I rewatched it <laughs> freaking 
Allison Brie every time when she catches the shirt. <sighs> her like freak out. Uh, the the way that they continue that runner that Annie <laughs> is attracted to just the worst, most like emotionally unavailable men in the entire world. It's pretty good. And- when they call her out on it and she's like i don't know she's so upset about it (laughs) i don't know what's happening um and then like there were some things in season four that i enjoyed i just didn't like how it was executed um like i wish we like when they visit shirley for thanksgiving i would have loved to see shirley's side to see (laughs) Right. Because we can also build Shirley. Like, there's so much stuff that we can do for Shirley. And um, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is my hot take, but I liked, I liked the fact that Jeff goes to confront his dad. It wasn't the best executed, but I liked it because I liked the character growth for Jeff. Mm-hmm. Like, I like... Absolutely. I like that he was facing these things. It just... Like, I wish there was something more to it. Like, it just kind of fell flat. I agree. And I'm sure the audience remembers me talking about it, like, a couple weeks ago. But, like, I think it's good. I think there's a few things you change to make it, like, great and just take it up to that next level. But it's not It's not bad by any imagination of that word. Yeah, there's, there's like... um. Like, I always, like, compare, like, I'm, like, season four of Community, like, isn't the best season. However, like, you take season four of Community and put it against, like, season ones of other shows, and it's still, for me, better. I'm, like, I'd rather watch season four of Community than kind of rewatch, like, I have a hard time with season one of Parks and Rec, so. Sure. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we're if if we're comparing those two, it's yeah. like, I, I mean, community. Oh, the cast is still all there. Chevy's mm-hmm. basically checked out, but like everyone else is still there, and and they're all still very funny performers. They still have a lot of like the same good writers. Um, uh, I just think it's always held back by a following up seasons one through three of Community, which is a tough act to follow. Yeah. Um. And then it's it just kind of feels like they're they're usually not going all out. And like even the bad episodes of community in in the first three seasons, you do feel like they're swinging for some kind of fence. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of season four just kind of feels like a little lukewarm is yeah. is basically all, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like like they're they're swinging for the fences, and they're like, "We'll just hit it infield." <laughs> We're gonna get a double, and there's nothing wrong with like some consistent doubles. You know, you need those to keep on base. Without those doubles, there's no season five and six to try hitting homers again. You know, yeah. uh, it's hey, you know, it's I. There's very little of this season that I would just outright skip. If I was doing like a full rewatch, you know, it's still like, I don't know. It's still community. Yeah. Yeah. I like, like one of, and it's one of those things that, um, season four has like one episode that like the A story, I hate it so much. 
but the B story is just like amazing. I'm pretty sure this is season four. The one where they go for the whale. Exactly. I feel exactly the same way. That like the the PEE class is really good and really funny. And it's not like you could promote that story to A. Like that is that is the definition of a B story. Mm-hmm. But just like who cares about that whale? Oh, it was. Who? Oh my <laughs> who god. Cares? It was. I every time I have to like I'm rewatching, and like I'm like oh my god I forgot about the whale, and then like I'm just like okay no wait, P E E is here so we're fine we're fine that episode also has like pierce's barber shop and oh, like yeah. abed's fraternity like there's a lot that going on when, so for years for years all i asked for my friends for my birthday was troy's birthday cake that's all i wanted <laughs> that's all i've ever wanted for my birthday for <laughs> years and um like, you know, it would get closer to my birthday. And um, I'm not doxing my birthday because I hate my birthday for other reasons. But, like, um, I, I would, like, at the my birthday month, I would start being just, like, man, all I want for my birthday, like, posting on, like, social media. All I want for my birthday is this birthday cake. And then, I'm not even joking, for years, my birthday would come around. And I'd be like, oh, I didn't get my birthday cake. And then everyone's like, oh, if you only have told me. I'm just like, you commented on my other posts saying like, oh, I'll do that for you. <gasps> Liars. Um, but <laughs> one year, my friend Allison, uh, who is the absolute best, she got me that cake. And there was a mistake on it, which I feel made it better. It said, it said explosion from the uterus. <laughs> and I was like, this is a... You, usually I'm upset about mistakes, but um, I love this mistake. Uh, but she she made um, me, her, and her husband Delta Cube shirts. Delta Cube. And so we definitely wore those a lot. Uh, but yeah, I'm like her and her husband. I'm very very close too. So it was like I was like, this is the perfect community birthday. I got my Delta Cube shirt. I got my cake that where it says I exploded from the uterus. <laughs> That's a baby that knows how to make an entrance. Exactly. So let's dial in now to uh, the the episode here, the season four finale. What could have been the series finale of Community? Um, <sighs> advanced introduction to finality. The darkest timeline paintball episode. Now I'm hearing a lot of sighs from over this Skype call. <laughs> um, I, how how do you feel? I a hundred percent like season three, end of season three, with darkest timeline, where Abed is having his break, was the perfect way to end darkest timeline. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It was really, really like I lo- like when I rewatched it, and I remembered that Darkest Timeline came back. I was just like, "Ooh, did I did I like this? Did I like how Darkest Timeline in season three was brought up again? Like at the end of season three, how it was brought up?" And then I watched. It, I was like, "No, this like makes sense for the character. He's going through a rough time, and like they explain it really well, and I really like that." And then season season four, and I'm just like. No, they could have left it. I get, 
I get really uncomfortable with Jeff and Annie's like relationship. It made me super uncomfy. Like, and <laughs> shake my damn head. <laughs> and it just, it just, I don't, it just wasn't needed. And I just like, it's weird because like, it's like I don't hate, hate, hate it, but mm-hmm. I don't love it either. Like mm-hmm. I'm just like. I could have done without it. And like, I see what Jeff is doing and I see Jeff's whole thought process with it. But the darkest timeline was never his thing. It was Abed's thing. Right. And like, this episode would make more set. Like, I hate to rewrite an episode of television that's like eight years old. But like, if this was something that like a a simulation Abed was running with Jeff, you know, Uh, like something like I, I know they like tore down the dreamatorium room, but Abed still has like some version of the dreamatorium, right? In that little like cardboard box. Yeah. So like in a, in a TV universe where you've set up that you have this room, this X-Men danger room where you can see any like reality, to then have it all be like a dream <laughs> feels uh it's just like okay so not only was it not good but also what was the point you know what i mean yeah yeah and like we have <clears throat> episodes where like abed does that like uh when annie joins him in the dreamatorium and that's i that's such a good episode because it's such annie gets to see a side of abed she never like even realize existed and um and vice versa yeah and so we get to see the character growth for both of them and just their relationship and their bond grow and then they could have done that with jeff and abed and that would have been fine but they it's all in jeff's head and i'm just like but like would jeff like how much information did abed tell him about like the darkest timeline Right, because that always seemed like, I mean, it seemed like something he would maybe bring up, but like, okay, so Jeff knows every character's details in The Darkest Timeline. Like, he remembers that he only has one arm, Troy's voice box, uh, Britta, the washaway blue streak, you know, etc. Shirley being a drunkard and, and all that business. And so it's in... It just, it never lines up and it never, this is the only time Jeff even like acknowledges the timeline as like a thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I get it. He's trying to avoid like graduating, but it's, I don't know. They could have done something else. Like in the future, he, he has his breakdown and has GI Jeff. Mm -hmm. And we, we even have, um, Jeff, like, in the Pottery episode, correcting his memory, where, uh, like, his mom actually said, like, oh, you're the best, you're perfect in every single way, everything you do is perfect, and then it's just, like, you're not going to be good at something, and that's okay. Like, he's, like, correcting his, like, own memory to fit the situations he's in to say, like, oh, I know my mom said this, but this is, the truth of the matter is, I'm going to be bad at some things, and that's fine. And... Like, we could have gotten something else with that 
if he's having like this breakdown. We see him have breakdowns in the past and that never had to deal with the darkest timeline. And it was just like we don't we don't need the darkest timeline again. We don't need this and like the last time we used it was right when Abed's wrapping it up in season three, which is like kind of Abed's season arc his like kind of his 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 break and like the break with troy like spurs that on and it works really well for his character but it's like i can't even think of like a particularly good example but it's like boy this one character has one particularly strong character trait and we just gave it to somebody else for an episode yeah um it's it's like if there was an episode of fucking one piece where Zoro wanted to be a doctor and you're like no 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 what no what are you what are you talking about chopper's getting into a sword fight and he wants to be a great sword where did this come from <laughs> who's this thank you for bringing up one piece you're welcome uh i've no other outlet uh, to talk about the 270 chapters of one piece that i've read so you're doing so uh, good Oh, thank you. I'm just a little bit at the time, you know, working my way through, ready for Skypea to be over, Skype Wikipedia or whatever it's called. I'm ready, ready, ready for the next one. You're you're getting there. It's okay. I'm on chapter 720. Okay, you're a little further ahead of me. A little bit. <laughs> just, just a little further ahead of me. But I'm still getting distracted by Shaman King because the anime reboot is coming out. Oh, man. Oh, boy. I, I promise I won't be just dis- won't purposely distract you with other things. Thank you. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm a little full. I'm I'm full up on my manga schedule at the moment, right? Because I'm doing like I'm doing my One Piece basically every night. I got my Sky Scott Scott fan spot the one we were talking about earlier. Uh, I got and then every so often I'll like read a Chainsaw Man or two. I'm like, ah, oh, let me check back in with Chainsaw Man. Mm, still weird. <laughs> still weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, move back on. Uh, every so, you know, I'll read something and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm back in the groove. And then something truly disgusting will happen. And I'm like, all right, going to take a month or so off of this. <laughs> going to come back to this when I've recovered from what I've seen. Um, and uh, and that's that's my uh, Chainsaw Man reading uh, schedule. Excellent. If anyone out there wants to follow along. <laughs> uh, that's one I, ha- I, I have a lot of friends that are into Chainsaw Man. So I want to check it out because they're into it. I listen. I don't want to. I don't want to box you in. I don't want to limit you. I don't know if it's going to be your thing. You'd uh, be I, surprised. I would. I. You know what? I would be surprised. I. I if I actually listed all of like my favorite animes, there and like you wouldn't know any, but there are some that will like. <laughs> I am not otaku. Like, wait. You just said. Like, you just said, like, Azumanga Daio. You just said, like, all these, like, cutesy animes. And then I'm like, oh, and then I also really enjoy Higarashi no Nakakoro ni. And then, like, and I know you don't get that, but, like, Folks out, out there, there in the audience, someone is shocked out there. Someone, Someone's listening to this in the car, and they're like, what? Huh? They're, like, about to wreck because you just, like, surprised them so much. I will say... I did like the end tag on on the episode. I thought that was pretty funny. 
You did? I oh, did. Boy. Okay, that's where that's where you and I part. Okay. <laughs> that's where two two roads diverge in a yellow wood here. I'm honestly fine with the actual darkest timeline thing. It's when they go to like timeline four and Troy's their kid is named Chewbacca, Chewbacca. or some. Not into it. Not on board for whatever's going on here. I <laughs> not, I not guess, on board. What what I I personally like. I want to know what timeline that is. Who left? Yeah, what's what's going on there? Uh, I th- okay. Well, I to the wiki. <laughs> uh, I want to say it's timeline four, but that who knows? Um, advanced introduction. I almost just typed in the name of my own podcast instead of the name of this episode. Wow, that's where my fucking brain is at. That's fine. Um, yeah, you and I are gonna go on a little magical mystery tour. Okay, advanced introduction to finality and tog. Come on, wiki, don't fail me now. Um, they go to timeline five, which I assume means that someone rolled a five. Now we go over, we cross-reference with remedial chaos theory. Is this good podcast? Nobody knows. I don't know. We can put the turning the page sound. (laughs) Now go over to the remedial chaos theory wiki page. Wait, there are other timelines? Okay, so if it's timeline five, Abed went. Uh, Annie shows Britta the bathroom. Uh, stops the boulder from rolling. Witnesses Troy's freak out. This is a very difficult to read chart on the <laughs> on the community wiki. Oh, and- Okay, Annie shows Britta the bathroom. Shirley stops the boulder from rolling. Okay. <laughs> okay, it doesn't actually match what's going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is, okay, if you were looking at this chart, you would also go, huh? What? Huh? Uh, so, so I say, I say, re- listeners, challenge yourselves, try and read this chart and tell me if I'm just dumb. I like the idea of the end tag, but I wish they, it's, it, it, I feel like this is the whole season four. It's just not executed as well as I would yeah. like. Yeah. Because, like, I, I don't... wish... No, go ahead. No, I don't mind. Like, if it's, like... I don't know. There's a difference between, like, a whole episode and then, like, an end, end tag. Like, the end tags are silly and fun. And, like, I mean, like, you have Abed and Troy pretending to be Muppets. And you have, um, like, the uncontrollable Christmas where they are uh, stop uh, motion. But, like, if they just, if they wanted to do that and they have, like, fun little like what's going on in the other timelines but like make it true to what actually happened in the timeline i actually never sat down to look to see what it was <laughs> yeah it's um so abed leaves is abed leaves the one where like they they kiss and then they're all mad at each other yeah okay so yeah so that's that's the timeline we visited and i guess that Oh, whatever. Uh, anyway, it doesn't seem like it really follows through on any of those on any of those plot lines, no. uh, except that I guess Troy and Britta are uh, having a baby. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's fun. I'm, I I now am not as happy with it as I originally thought. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry to butcher that. Sorry to ruin your your vibe. And uh, well, it's it's again, it's 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 not like. They just needed to follow the actual timelines a little bit more and at least make it make sense. 
Right. If it had... It just doesn't feel like it follows any thread from any timeline, you know? Yeah. It, it just doesn't... I mean, you already said that, of course. Uh, but it, it just doesn't... It doesn't pick up on any thread. It's just, like, this thing that happens. And it's not like, oh, wow, uh, this is an advancement of the timeline where, uh, you know, tr there's no troll in this, for, for instance, uh, to, like, follow up on that plot line or, or anything like that. I don't know. Or it can uh, be like Britta with the pizza guy. And or Britta with the pizza guy. We, we would have known what happened there. Like, we were like, ah, this is this is when Britta leaves. Like, we would have known. Right. Um, or maybe, you know, uh, they're, they're throwing a really fancy party and now they have uh, toilet olives in every room of their home. You know what I mean? Like, there's <laughs> there's ways we could have followed through on this. Uh, but we just we just didn't. And that's okay. So, uh, so we're about to, to verge now into, into the final two seasons of Community. Yeah. Uh, seasons five and six. And I feel like we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go out on your, on your thoughts here. But these are controversial seasons in their own right in the fandom. Um, there are a number of people that, uh, don't like these seasons very much at all. Uh, and, and I, uh, would love to know yours overall thoughts on on community's last two seasons i like both of them like they're not my favorite seasons because two and three take like i'll flip-flop about like which my favorite season two or three but like i don't think they're that bad i love frankie frankie yeah i love her and like i get it like she's like a lot like um annie but like she's also different enough that like it's it's a, enough difference for me to still enjoy two different characters and I also like like what they're doing and the fact that they are like they graduated and now they're there to like save Greendale they're they're helping Greendale become better with Annie's boards and her stars and things like that like I like the ideas that they put forward and I mean like we have two really really good episodes like just at the top of my head from season five, we have the uh, uh, Pierce bequeathment and uh, the table read episode, which is hilarious. And then mm -hmm. we have uh, the floor is lava, which is so good. It's so good. So good. Not to mention uh, ass crack bandit oh, is in season five. Yeah. Like, uh, meow meow beans. Oh, that guy cosplayed from that. Like, yes. <laughs> I always wanted to do the floor is lava, Britta. Like, like there's really oh. good episodes, and like a hundred percent. Like, it is so rare when you watch a TV show to sit there and say, "I loved the series finale of this show." It is so rare for you to actually so. love how it's whole series ended because it you usually never do because they usually always let you down but it ended so so well that was such a good series finale and i was i was telling my mom i was just like i, I watched the series finale of ducktales the other day and i'm mm. crying and i was like the last time i was this like emotional was community <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
for your loss, no, <laughs> your was, loss of DuckTales. It was so good. Um, listen, everyone, uh, you need to watch DuckTales. You need to. New reboot is so perfect. Don't like sit there and be like, it's a reboot. It's bad. No, it's a reboot and it's perfect. It's beautiful. So good. <laughs> if you've taken nothing else away from this 40-minute talk about community, watch DuckTales. Yeah, watch DuckTales. <laughs> watch DuckTales. Um, well, it's been a, a pleasure, as always, to have you on. Uh, I will uh, see you again one more time uh, for for season six's uh, paintball episode. Uh, and then we can really, we'll dig into those next two seasons, but, uh, this is, this is the last they'll hear from us before, uh, before we dive into Community's final two. I know. They're, Ain't it beautiful? I know, but they're really interested in how far we'll be in One Piece. That's yeah, going to be so real I'm, updates. I can actually, okay, I will, I will pull out my, my thing and I will tell the listeners exactly where I'm at. Um, so I have read exactly... 275 chapters of one piece at this point tonight i will read the 276th chapter of one piece uh and i will make sure we check back in if i remember uh the next time you're on the show perfect that's beautiful people really want to (laughs) know that's what the people really want to know This has been a talk back podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.